second half of the NFL season is here, and those young QBs are putting on a show. But who's the best team? This is when we separate the pretenders from the contenders. And you can follow that story every Sunday with the NFL on CBS. Welcome back to Fourth and Forever. Joining us today, I think it's our first Hall of Famer. We're making history today. Thank you for taking the time, but former running back for the San Diego Chargers, former teammate of mine with the New York Jets, the man underneath the famous dark visor, LaDainian Tomlinson. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being here, brother. Absolutely, Sanchez. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm good. I've been seeing you all over TV. You and uh, Terrell Davis picking your running backs every week, so I know who to pick for fantasy, so thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. I've been seeing you as well all over ESPN. Uh You got a tough crowd, though, man, (laughs) hanging with those guys. Neek and RC and all those guys. That's a tough crowd. (laughs) And you know Bart Scott. Bart Scott's all over me, bro. I can't can't get a word in with Bart. So we'll we'll start with uh, our beloved Jets, who have had a rough go this year. And that's to say the least. I'm curious... If you're their team, if you're their team manager, general manager, what what do you think needs to happen there? What do you think of Sam Darnold potentially drafting Trevor Lawrence? What would you do if you had a GM uh, position over there? You know, that, that's, man, that's a tough one, Mark. It really is because I'm a guy that likes Sam Darnold. You know, I think he has shown flashes in the league. Me that, too. You know, he can possibly be a franchise-type quarterback. Um, however... If you're in position to draft a Trevor Lawrence, I mean, how can you pass on a kid like that who can be this transcendent talent at the quarterback position, um, you know, for the next 10 or 15 years? But if they do decide to do that, I do believe, you know, and I'm not a guy that likes to call for people jobs, but at the same time, I do think they would need to get a new regime in there if you're going to draft Trevor Lawrence, because now you got to think about developing. And in my opinion, what I've seen so far from Adam Gaze, Mark, he hasn't developed his quarterbacks. He even mentioned to, he even admitted, admitted it himself that he failed Sam Darnold, you know? And so um, at this point, if you are going to draft Trevor Lawrence and if it was me and I'm in that position, I'm, I'm putting that card in for Trevor Lawrence that, and then I trade Sam Darnold, um, try to get some assets to build that team around Trevor Lawrence, but I'm also going to make a coaching change and just try to, you know, reboot the whole system in New York. Yeah, I think so too. And then this time, I just hope they make a promise to stick with it, you know, give it a good five years and let it pan out, you know, because there's so much media pressure there that, you know, after one season, everybody's up in arms and it's time to reboot again. You know, I I hope they just give (laughs) it the right amount of time, let it marinate. Let's talk about um, one of my favorite stories was, um, when we acquired you after my rookie year, you got to understand, LT, I didn't really explain this to you when we were teammates because I didn't want to sound like a total, you know, fanboy loser. But I was such a big fan of yours growing up, watching you for the Chargers and growing up in Southern California. I, I couldn't wait for Sundays to watch you play. I saw you destroy our uh, USC Trojans. I think it was in the Sun Bowl uh, when you were yeah, back at TCU. Right. And I was like, dang, dude, this guy can ball. And then you came to San Diego, so I got to see you play in person as a little kid. Um, And I remember (laughs) I'm doing my rehab for my knee after my rookie year, and I walk in the locker room, and they have this locker set up, and there's this helmet with a dark visor, like the patented (laughs) LT dark visor and your cool face mask. 
And then I look at the top of the locker and it says Tomlinson 21. And I was like, what the hell? So I'm like limping into the equipment room where Vito and Gus are. And I go, yo, did we just sign LT? And they, they said, no, well, we're, we're recruiting him. You know, we're trying to get him here. He's a free agent. I was like, get at No way. There's no way. They're like, yeah, you're supposed to go to dinner with him later. I was like, oh, my God. So I was kind of freaking out a little bit. Um, and you were you, your wife were there. And I just remember you being such a humble guy, such a fun guy to be with and somebody who loved football. Um, talk about that decision to get to the Jets uh, and some of your favorite memories there, uh, because it, it truly was a joy playing with you. So what went into that decision to go to the Jets and, and what was it like playing there for uh, for two seasons? Yeah, Mark, it was a fun time, man. It, it was, you know, two of the funnest years I've had in my career, man, just being totally honest with you. Um, and it was a good change for me. You know, of course, you being a Southern California guy, you know what, it, what it's like going to the East Coast to a, a totally different market, new different brand of fans, yeah. the East Coast. And, you know, for years, I, I, I relished and cherished, you know, being on the West Coast and, and being in Southern California and playing for the Chargers, right? You know, but at the at the end, I knew it was time for me to go, you know, and I was looking for a certain brand of football at that time in my career. And lo and behold, Mark Sanchez's Jets, Rex Ryan, you know, came calling. And, and Mark, it really came down to the Jets and, and the Vikings. And I remember, you know, having those conversations, like I was torn. Like I knew you guys' offense already because, you know, Shoddy was there and I had worked with Shoddy yep. before yep. in San Diego. So I knew the offense. I knew that wasn't going to be a problem. But in Minnesota, Brett Farr was there. And I'm thinking like, man, I get a chance to play with Brett Farr. And not to mention, <laughs> they had Adrian Peterson. You know, so I was thinking I like, man, this team is definitely going back to the suit. They're going to have a chance to get back in the playoffs and make a deep run. And so, yeah. uh, you know, I'm torn and I try to talk to, to Brett at that time. I'm like, Brett, man, what are you going to do, man? Are you coming back? He was like, I don't know, LT. I really haven't made up my mind. <laughs> you know, and so I'm like, okay, I'm going to New York. Then I'm going to go play with Mark Sanchez because I knew that you guys had a heck of a team too. You was coming off an AFC championship yeah. appearance, young team, hungry. And so I knew that the fit was going to be good either way. But at the end of the day, you, you you should know this. It came down to mama. You know, mama wanted to be in New York. She didn't want to be in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. That's perfect. Well, we appreciated it. Um, I remember with A-Lynn there, uh, we had A-Lynn on the show, um, now the head coach of the Chargers. But Anthony Lynn talked about when you came to the team, he was so impressed with you because you were you were known for obviously running the ball. You were known for catching the ball out of the backfield. And he challenged you, he said, these were his words, that he wanted you to be a better pass protector. And one of my favorite moments, uh, there are two things that I loved about playing with you. One, every time we break the huddle, you would tell me the route you were going to run. <laughs> and that was so reassuring <laughs> to me. You'd say, check hob, check hob, check sneak, check sneak, check burst, whatever it was. You would always remind me. And so I knew no matter what happened on that play, I know where LT is. If everything just goes to crap, I know exactly where to go with the ball. And so that was huge for me. But then A-Lynn let me in on, on that knowledge that he challenged you to, to be a pass protector and really work at that. And I remember, I want to say it was against the Patriots. 
but I feel like Patrick Chung kind of sh was showing blitz. And I remember we were in like a scan protection and I just said, hey, you got Patrick over there. And I just remember you kind of looking at me and you're just like, I already saw him. I got him. <laughs> like, so what was that like? Because you're later in your career, a lot of guys, you know, they are who they are and, and they don't want to, you know, expand on their skills. What was that like taking on the challenge to become a better pass blocker? And uh, what was that conversation like with A-Lynn? You know, Mark, I always believed in, you know, evolving your game, you know, but never been staying, you know, being stale and, and stagnant and just working on some at all, at, at all times, you know, trying to perfect different crafts in your game. And, and I knew coming into, you know, my 10th year with you guys that I was probably going to be a third down back, right? You know, that, that, that was probably going to be my role. And so my mindset honestly was, hey, I'm going to be the best darn third down back in the league. You know, if that's what I'm going to do, I'm going to be the best. Yeah. I'm going I'm to, you know, catch the ball well, but I'm going to block my butt off and I'm going to be one of the best doing it. it. It didn't matter to me if I was a future Hall of Famer. I, I came to New York <clears throat> with a clean slate. That's the way I felt. I wanted to earn you yeah. guys' respect. I wanted you to see, like, okay, this is who this guy is day in and day out. We know who he is because he's put in the time, you know, the sweat, the tears. And, yes, Alien and I, when I came there, he did challenge me that way and said, hey, you know, you're going to pretty much be our third down guy, but I'm going to need you to, to be the best blocker in the league as well at the running back position. And I said, I got you. I'm going to do whatever it takes. Whatever you need, I'm going to do it. And so, um, yeah. you know, that was refreshing, though, to just be able to come to a place with a clean slate. And you guys just say, show me what you can do. Before that season, I had never had a comeback win in the fourth quarter in my entire career. Not in college. We lost two of them. And not my rookie year, we lost two of them. So we went on a stretch against Houston, Detroit, um, Cleveland. Uh, there were like three, four games in a row that we won on the last play or in overtime, the last drive. <laughs> And I remember Shadi would just remind me like the two minute rules right before we get out there. And it was, we need a positive play on first down, no sacks, no penalties. And we need one explosive play, like either an explosive run of 10 plus or an explosive pass of 15 plus. And he would always remind me again, nothing wrong with starting with LT, you know, as we're going <laughs> on the field. And so this was the first time in my stubborn brain that I was like, all right, you know, I'll entertain the thought of dumping it down to the running back and getting a couple yards. Well, <laughs> these plays, you end up getting the positive play on first down, the explosive play right there, and all I had to do was flick the ball to you. I was like, dude, this is awesome. We need this guy every year. This is the best. Now I know why Philip Rivers and Drew Brees were balling out there. They throw it to this guy. So this was that was so fun for me to play with somebody with your kind of experience and, and uh, caliber of player like you. And I believe, Mark, that's a, that's a hidden art, man, in today's game. Think about it. A lot of quarterbacks, man, today, of course, the older ones, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he drops it off to Aaron Jones all the time. You know, Kirk mm -hmm. Cousins to Dalvin Cook. But mo the majority of the quarterbacks in the league, they don't do that anymore. It's a lost mm -hmm. art, especially in that two-minute situation and at the end of games. It's huge. You're totally right. The linebackers are expanding. There's an opening underneath, and it's – I mean, you guys knife forward and take off, so that, that makes it so fun. But I got to know, because I was such a fan growing up, how did the visor happen? Where did that come from? Was it really a medical thing, or you just wanted to look smooth as hell? 
Tell uh, me the truth. Bit, uh, I mean, it was a little bit of both, you know. I, uh, no, so my eyes were very sensitive to light. Like, mm -hmm. I hated, I guess, like those day games, those really, mm -hmm. like in San Diego, it's sunny, one o'clock games, man. It was hard for me to, to see. And even at night with the lights in the stadium, um, yeah. You know, so I did. It, it, it had nothing to do with the migraines, but my eyes were sensitive to light. It helped me more to have something dark over my eyes. But at the same time, I will say where it came from. So <laughs> it's so stupid too. this this story. <laughs> so when I was when I was young, me and my best friend, like we would get these football cards. Right. You remember, you remember the football yeah. cards. Oh, like, yeah. I collected oh, yeah. them. Right. And we would oh, yeah. find these photos of NFL players. And every time you saw the still shots, like you would see like their big eyes, like, you you know, they're kind of <laughs> action shots, you know, with their eyes. Yeah. And we used to make yeah. fun of those guys like, ooh, what do you think he's thinking right there? You know, he's probably scared like, mom, you know, as a kid, you just think stupid stuff. And so I always said, man, I don't want nobody to see my eyes like that. I don't want them to steal <laughs> shots of me where people, that's what I told you this story was stupid. I told that's you. Funny. But that's how, that's, it, that's how it happened for me as a young age. I wanted the visor because me and my friend used to laugh at these guys. They're still shots. And so I will always I remember it. that, man. At a young age, I, this, this, uh, you know, this story I've heard about you is you had to beg your mom to go to this football camp, right? and you end up meeting Emmett Smith. What was that moment like? Somebody, you know, it sounded like he gave you some words of encouragement. Uh, do you remember what he said or, you know, what it was like watching somebody like that and, and how that affected, you know, the, the path that you were on? I think it was life-changing for me. Um, you know, so let me just go back a little bit. So as a kid, I was really talented. You know, one of those kids that at a young age, when I first started playing football at Pop Warner, I was a quarterback and I, I was faster than everybody else. So all I did was run around and score. I was mm -hmm. that type of kid. In fact, the first time I ever touched the ball at the quarterback position, I ran a, uh, a touchdown sweep right around the end. First mm -hmm. time I ever touched it. And so I was, I knew I was a really good athlete at a young age. When I was in the sixth grade, Mark, I broke my, my ankle in two, two places. And I lost my speed, right? I lost my confidence. Mm -hmm. And so some of my friends, they started beating me running. They could never beat me running. All of a sudden, these dudes beating me <laughs> running. And so I lost my confidence, man. On my Pop Warner team that year in the sixth grade, I set the bench. I didn't even get in the game, dude. Like, I was sorry, yeah. you know? And so <laughs> right around this time, as I started to get my confidence a little bit back, I went to this camp at the Emma Smith football camp, right? And so it was at that camp that I started to get the confidence and belief in myself again, just because I was able to look at Emmett or touch him. And, we, and the first drill we did was a handoff drill. Emmett jumps in the drill. Like you can't make this stuff up, Mark. He jumps in our drill and out of 25 kids in his drill, he's handing the ball off to me. You know, as we go oh, back and so forth, cool. back, he's handing it off to me, you know, and so, I think back on that, I'm like, how did that happen? Out of all the kids, yeah. I had that interaction with Emmett Smith. 
And so those things just gave me the confidence. And I looked at Emmett like, man, this dude is not very big. Like, he's like 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, <laughs> like, man, this dude ain't big. He playing the NFL. So I was sizing him up at the same time. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's such an athlete move. That's great. Did you tell him yeah. you were going to end up breaking his record, his single season record at that moment? You didn't let him know? Not at, not at that moment. Um, you know, but I would, I, I would meet him again, man, in college. He came to, when I, uh, when I won the Dope Walker Trophy, he came to the banquet. And uh, that was the first That's time cool. that he actually, you know, like at that time, I'm, I'm, I'm going, you know, I'm going to the league. And he, yeah. we exchanged numbers. He gave me great words of wisdom about taking care of my body and, you know, staying focused as, as a runner and all this kind of stuff. And I kept in contact, you know, since that day. And we've been really good friends. That's an incredible story. And then in 2006 is the year you won the MVP, the league MVP. And that's the year you broke Emmett Smith's single season uh, touchdown record with 28 touchdowns. How, what were your emotions like hitting that milestone? And, um, you know, when you surpass somebody that's, you know, you, you look up to this person and then now your peers and then you, you know, jump ahead of them in the record book, that had to be an incredible rush of emotions. And, and have you talked with him about it? it? Was he a little upset at you or how was he? He was cool? <laughs> no, he wasn't upset, man. We're good friends. And, you know, he, uh, you know, he still can't believe I scored that many because it, you know, it ended <laughs> up being total touchdowns, 31. And so he always talked about 31 yeah. touchdowns. Like, that's crazy. You know, no one has ever scored thirty plus touchdowns, and so yeah. you know, that's a crazy number. Like, how did you how did you score that many? And you know, it was just a bunch of different games of like crazy touchdowns, four touchdowns. I think I scored four touchdowns in three games that year, Mark. And then I had a, a, a maybe one or two other three touchdown games, and so I, and so it was just one of those things that when you think about like a basketball player says, man. You know, the basketball hoop looks so huge. You know, I couldn't miss. I was in a yeah. groove. I, that's the yeah. way I felt every single game. And I think at the end, you know, we pretty much knew because of the amount of games we had left. And I only needed like one or two touchdowns. I think we had three games left. So we knew we were going to do it. But with that said, to do it at Qualcomm Stadium in front of the fans yeah, cool. in San Diego, man, Mark, I tell you, you know, Marty Schottenheimer, I, I never won a championship, uh, like a Super Bowl championship. Obviously, I yeah. won division titles and stuff, but never won a Super Bowl championship. And Marty told me this one time. He said, LT, throughout your career, there was a lot of championship moments. And he said, you know, you're going to look back and realize how many championship moments you had. And we had some together, Mark. But the yeah. one in San Diego, that touchdown record in San Diego, man, that was a championship moment. The atmosphere in that place, I never heard it so uh, as loud as it was on that evening yeah. uh, against the Broncos. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, especially against a divisional team, too. Uh, tell me yeah. the – I remember you explaining this. It was either to Sean Green or one of the other running backs, but there was a – if you got into the end zone a certain way, you would do the boom, flip, right? But then if yeah. you, like, end up on the ground, you would do something else. Okay, give me the story behind the <laughs> flick. Where did this come from? I, I need all the inside details. Because I was, I was just too afraid to ask you as a teammate. Like, I couldn't ask you as a yeah. teammate. It was a finger roll. You know, it was, it was a teardrop. Yeah. The finger roll. You know, so pretty. Yeah. Um, 
you know, but where it came from basically, um, so in basketball, again, a basketball, you know, was my second favorite sport. I love to play basketball. And so what's the first thing that you learn in basketball is how to do a layup. Like yeah. it's the most simple, yeah. you know, basketball drill <laughs> that you start off doing, right? And so basically yeah. the thought was if I went in standing up, that means it was so easy, it was like a layup, a teardrop, you know? <laughs> but if, if I didn't, if I did go in standing up, then, you know, I would throw the ball back to the referee. It's just that simple. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Football is in full swing, and the push to the playoffs is on. Every Sunday, don't miss the NFL on CBS for some of the biggest matchups because it's time for the contenders to separate themselves from the pretenders. Can the Chiefs repeat? Or is someone else ready to dethrone the champs? The journey to Super Bowl 55 is sure to be filled with many twists and turns. And you can watch it all unfold every Sunday on the NFL on CBS. I love it. Now, uh, we were talking about Anthony Lynn a little earlier. He's in uh, L.A. with the Chargers. What do you think they got moving forward? I mean, I know they had a tough loss to the Patriots. And that was like a crazy game. The Patriots play that game like they were a service academy team. I mean, they limited <laughs> the other team's possessions. They, you know, ran back a punt return. Like, it, it was it was crazy the way that game went down, and they end up scoring 45 points. So where do you think they're heading? I, I know they've shown flashes, and it feels like this team finds way to lose games at the end, like just poor situational awareness. And, you know, and, and A-Lynn's great at all that stuff. So... Um, I'm curious your thoughts on him and, and where that organization's headed. I think there is some disconnect, um, you know, within the coaching staff. You know, at times, you know, we know that they've made some coaching staff, uh, staff changes in the past. Um, and recently this year, they did make a coaching staff change. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think some of these decisions and some, some you know, uh, bad mistakes, mismanagement of, of the, the clock and all those things, uh, that has happened to that team, I think is a product of, you know, sometimes the relationship with the coaches and the communication that you have with one another. Yeah. And unfortunately for, for Aileen, you know, he hasn't had the best relationship, um, you know, with some of those guys. And, and he, he knows that he has to make some changes, you know, and, yeah. and he already has. And so Aileen is a great leader. You know, he's very... Um, you know, he's very prepared most of the time in, in all aspects of the game, very smart guy. And so I really think they have the nucleus. Obviously, Justin Herbert has been phenomenal, man. You know, so yeah, he that seems was my next the, question. He's a stud. Yeah. Yeah. He seems to be the quarterback of the future. So what do you do? As you know, Mark, you have to start to build around that guy. The offensive line has to get much better, man. Yeah, you got you to gotta keep Justin upright, and it starts with those guys up front. I believe they rebuild that offensive line. They got great skills, uh, weapons on the outside, running back position. That defense is going to still be good. Derwin James is going to come back next year. So I, I think yeah. they have the pieces, Mark. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, you know, you know, with the changes that, that's coming, as, as we know, that they'll be able to bounce back and, and put a group out there that are challenged for the AFC West. I totally agree. And it's one of those situations, too, where I don't think it's time to jump ship. I think 
you're they're learning so much together. They're they're getting these experiences, even uh, at the end, mismanaging the clock. Like that's an experience that they'll never forget. That Justin Herbert will never forget. That's going to be ingrained in his mind, and he will master that situation in the future. I just don't think it's the time to blow it all up. I think you give it at least another year to just to marinate, you know, because people just want to jump yeah. ship quickly when you don't get the results right away. And, um, you know, I just feel like there's there's still something there and, and they're learning on the fly. They need to take their lumps, learn from these and then move on and get better uh, and show that they've learned from them. So this uh, this segment quickly is uh, we've partnered with East Bay and they talk about putting in work. And obviously you've had a spectacular career and this is for young kids listening who want you know, some of your secret sauce, man. They want to know what something LT did throughout your entire career, a drill, a routine, but something that that reminded you and kept you putting in the work to uh, to succeed on, on game day. It's a full-time job, um, especially as a runner. You know, as a runner, man, you take a pounding. You know, you, you, you're much like a, a boxer uh, that fights a 12-round mm -hmm. fight, you know? It, and that's that's the kind of impact that your body goes through on game day. So with that said, I, I think you have to be committed to to your body and making sure that you eat all the right things, that you're exercising the right way, you know, all the things that you need to do to stay in tip top shape. Now, of course, sometimes you're gonna, you know, things are gonna happen and, and you may get injured here and there, but for the most part, you know, if you want to stay healthy as a runner, you got to be committed to doing all these things to make sure that your body stays in tip top shape. And honestly, Mark, it is really in the off season where you got to put the most time yeah. in. I was so dedicated, man, you know, to the off season and my training, what I did with my trainers and all that kind of stuff. If you don't believe it, just go ask Reggie Bush when he came to train with me, you yeah. know, in San Diego. Yeah. Uh, he'll tell you what happened. Reggie has always been a, a good friend of mine. You know, and he was getting ready to enter the National Football League, and he wanted to know what it took to play at that level. And so, as a friend and a mentor, it was my job to show him what it's going to be like and what's required uh, to play at this level and maintain it, you know? And so, there's yeah. a lot that go into it. And for those kids out there, remember this. Do something every day to perfect your craft. You know, if you say you love it and you say you want to make it to the NFL or whatever it is, do something every day to work on that goal of making it to the NFL. Great advice. All right, what's this I hear about you having a rap song? What, man? I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. What it do? My name's LT. I got a little dance for y'all. It's real easy to do. <laughs> oh, here we go. Come on. <laughs> oh, man. Y'all kill me. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Where's the suit from? Where's the suit from? Is that Armani? Is that Hugo Boss? What is that? I do my dance. I get it. My stance. I read the defense. I read the defense. I read the defense. Man. Now sidestep. Dude, this is awesome. Yeah, that's nice right there, Mark. You don't know nothing about that. Dude. We need to make one for the quarterback, though. Yeah, we do. Take my five-step drop. Five-step drop. All right, five pause it, pause drop. it. I got to get some insight on this. Dude. 
That is epic. I remember Rex showing the team. That was yeah, so funny. Um, all right, where'd you get the suit from? That was a Nike campaign right there, right? Uh-huh. And so Nike picked out everything. I mean, I was like a superstar. You know, all I had to do was show up. I showed up. <laughs> man, they Let had the know. suit ready. They had the people in production ready. You know, they were waiting on, on hands and feet for me, Mark. There you go. There you go. <laughs> that is funny, man. That was awesome. Um, so we've partnered with East Bay, and they have these plays of the week that are um, the best plays from female athletes, and it's called Conquer, C-O-N-Q-H-E-R, play of the week. Basically, I wanted to, to get your uh, commentary and feedback on this gal. Her name's Paige Bukers. She makes her college debut for UConn for the Huskies. She goes for 19 points, nine rebounds, five assists, and five steals. I don't know if they have a one-and-done rule for uh, <laughs> for women to go to the WNBA, but she might be she might be one and done, bro. Man, she looks incredible. And, and look at all the smooth tools. coming off she the had, pick. Look at that move right Ooh. there, the double clutch, <laughs> the double clutch. Now open field bounce pass, open court. Excuse me, bounce Dude. pass. I love it. Hey, but look at all the. She can hoop, read bro. her stat line again. Look at all the tools she had in her game. No doubt. Five assists What's and that? five steals, nine rebounds, 19 points. Wow. In her first Then I want to show you game? this video, too. Yeah, this is her first game. Then, hold on, check out this video. Show them the Instagram video of um, it's her and Steph Curry going shot for shot. They go like six threes in a row, and he's draining, and she's right after him shooting everyone, knocking them down, bro. Wow. Is that from NBA range? That's from NBA range. Dude. Oh my goodness. She's got a shot. That's pretty cool. Hey, we got, hey, remember her name. She's on her way. No doubt. Your favorite Rex Ryan story, whether, you yeah. know, you guys had a personal conversation or anything funny, obviously let's go get a snack, you know, the hard knocks thing. Yeah, what was your take on hard knocks? Cause that was probably your first time on it, right? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, Man, I was at the point in my career where I was trying to stay off of hard knocks. You know, I, I was trying to stay clear of the camera, you know, just do my thing. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I don't have a problem with hard knocks, but I, I'm a, you know me, Mark, I'm, I'm more of an old school guy, man. I just, I didn't believe yep. in filming some of the stuff that, you know, in our meetings and all that kind of stuff. I just, it wasn't something that I I thought was uh, was good to do. but. I mean, I get it, it's for the fans, and it was great for the fans to see. But uh, yeah, I just tried to stay uh, clear of it. But speaking of Rex Ryan, <laughs> um, no, you know what? Actually, my favorite Rex Ryan story, man, and it's, it's, not even, it's not even a funny one. You know, honestly, it's something that he did to, uh, to challenge us, Mark. Uh, remember, Remember that after that game, we, we went to New England and we got our bus kicked. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was a Sunday oh, yeah. night or a Monday night. Remember that? And yeah, Monday what did night. He do the, yeah, what did he do the next day? He brought that football in. You remember that? Yeah. Remember we got up and, and yeah, we walked he buried out the to ball. the practice field. He buried the ball. And he said, I don't want to hear anything else about this. We're not going to talk about this. We're going to see those guys again. We're going to see them again. And we're going to show up next time. And you know, man, I, I think that right there, Rex Ryan, that was one of his, his greatest coaching jobs. You know, because he knew we had the team that that can do something, mm -hmm. you know, something special. And 
we didn't show it that night against New England, obviously, right? No but doubt. what he did to challenge us after that, man, that, that stuck in my mind and it still sticks there. And I'm sure it does you. That's a story, you oh, know, yeah. something that I, I would never, ever forget. Yeah, and fast forward to the next time we played him. Um, bro, that catch, <laughs> it was, uh, I think it was, um, it was like Oscar... Oscar Reebok or something, and you had a little counter motion. We tried to get you uh, on the move, yeah. and yeah. you catch this ball in the flat. Bro, that thing was a missile. And when <laughs> I let it go, I was like, ooh, that's hot. That ball is hot. <laughs> I don't know if this, if he's going to come down with that because I was amped up. I was like, oh, we got the leverage. The motion worked perfect. This is going to score. And I just launched this ball. Bro, you snagged that thing like it was no problem. You're, you know, high-stepping, bouncing in the end zone. God, what was that there game was like no for you? I, I was mean, dropping that so, ball. so much fun. <laughs> there was no way I was dropping that ball, man. And, you know, to me, uh, I mean, you had thrown that pass to me hundreds of times in practice. You I know. know we practiced so that play a ton. It, it didn't matter where the ball was going to be. I needed to get us off to a great start in that situation. And I was like, it doesn't matter. you got to make this catch and get in the end zone. I love it. That was so fun. <laughs> I got to tell you, though, as soon as I let it go, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. This could be bad. Oh, that's funny. Um, talk about your transition after um, after the NFL. Obviously, you're in the Hall of Fame. I, I got to know, too, do you ever just wear the jacket out to dinner, just major flex on anybody? Or, like, you uh, know, if, if you got some stuff to do around the house, you just kind of, like, put it on and go do some yard work? Now, you know, honestly, half the time I forget I I got the dorm jacket, you know, because I, yeah, I, right. I keep it in, in a nice bag, you know, put away in my closet. So half the time I don't mm -hmm. even see it. The only time I really wear it is when I'm going to an event where somebody want me to wear it or maybe somebody done paid me a little money to wear it. Yeah, there you go. You know, there you, go. you know how that go. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's, okay. that's usually when I wear it. You're on NFL Network. Talk about um, your transition personally, but other people you've seen, guys that we've played with, Bart Scott, uh, Damon Woody, me, Rex Ryan, Mike Tannenbaum. A lot of people from that team that we were on in 2010 are in the media now. Have you had a chance to see them? What are your thoughts on those guys? And uh, what, what was your toughest thing uh, transitioning to, to being in front of the camera? You know, being a guy that didn't know anything about television and kind of getting thrown in the fire, you know, that, that year after I retired, um, you know, it, it was uh, it, it was different, man. It was a challenge because, and I don't know if you went through this, I wasn't sure if I wanted to, if I wanted to be in the media at that time. You know, I wasn't right. sure, you know, and so I was kind of one foot in, one foot out type of thing and wasn't really committed like I should be. But then I got to a point where, you know, I wanted to challenge myself to get better and, and to, you know, take it on as, as what it is and, and, and be a TV guy, right? Uh, be entertaining mm -hmm. at the same time. And so, um, yeah, I, I thought it was fun. I thought it was great at the time. It was certainly a challenge. And I tell you, when that light comes on and it's live, it's like game time, right? Like, you know this. Yeah, there's a rush. It's game there's time. A rush. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The rush, so you know you have to be prepared. But the hardest thing for me um, was, you know, just, you know, when you play, you just worry about your team and then maybe, you know, the opponent that you're playing that week. 
Mm -hmm. Man, you have to know all the teams now. You have Everybody. to pay attention to every single thing if you yeah. want to know what you're talking about. And you got to go back and yep. watch film on these teams, you know? And yep. so that's the, the commitment is probably the part that most people don't think, you know, you have to do or you have to have. Yeah. But you have to be committed to this if you want to be good at it. At it. And I think all of our, our guys, our, our, you know, former teammates and coaches, Everybody's doing a wonderful job because they all got the personality. You got the personality. Yeah. Bart, uh, Rex, you know, you got to have the personality to pull it off. And, and so it's been fun just listening to everybody's opinions and, you know, yeah. their their perspective. You know, the, the only tough thing about being on with Bart is, you know, I'll kind of say something in a way that's like totally politically correct and I'm not going to air anybody out and... You know, I say it in a nice way, and then Bart just comes on right after me. It's like, what Sanchez is really trying to say is, yeah. and, and he'll just clown someone. I'm like, damn, Bart. Yeah. Why you got to clown people him. like that, bro? I've heard him. You know, but, but Bart, is, oh. you know, Bart is who he is. You know, Bart's not going to sugarcoat yep. it. You know, he's can't wait. You know, everybody won't talk about mm -hmm. our defense. Their defense can't stop his nose bleeding. You know, like, he, that's who he is. No doubt. No doubt. Um, any other projects or anything you're currently working on other than, I mean, obviously you're a dad, um, a husband, you know, you got plenty going on at home, but any charity stuff that, um, that you're still doing in Texas or, or anywhere else? Yeah, we're continuing our, our charity work here, um, you know, with Team America. And, and really, you know, we're working with, with different organizations and we're even uh, working with schools, high schools, to build our character and leadership programs in, in these high schools and around our community. So that's all a part of that Team America platform that I talked about, um, you know, at the Hall of Fame speech, uh, when I said, yeah. you know, Team, Team America is about uh, bridging the gap of, of unity, you know? It's all about unity, bridging the gap uh, between these communities and building bridges of unity. You know, and, and at the end of the day, I think we all want the same thing in our communities. Mm -hmm. We all want, you know, our kids to grow. I mean, and you don't have any kids yet, right, Mark? I got one four-year-old boy. What? Did yeah. I miss that? Yeah. Man, so, oh, okay, yeah. so perfect. <laughs> um, you you yeah. know what it's like then. We all want our kids to just, you know, have a, a fair chance and an equal shot at, at their goals and dreams. And if they're willing to work hard for it, then, you know, why should they, um, you know, be looked at any less than, you know, they should have the same no opportunities doubt. that yeah. anyone else who works hard at it, um, that, that, that they're given, it's their right. And so that's what we're doing in our community and, and we're gonna continue to do it, man. So important, so topical. Um, a great story about my son, uh, his name's Daniel Joseph, uh, DJ, oh. but, I took him to the facility when I was with the Reds, uh, well, the Washington football team now. And um, one of the linebackers is walking out of the, um, of the facility and he sees DJ. And so I introduce him and he goes, hmm, that's a black baby. <laughs> I said, excuse me? He goes, that's a black baby. And I said, yeah, he's black, he's Mexican, Chinese, and Irish, but he's got these tight curls. Like, he looks black. And, yeah. and I said, yeah, he is. And he goes, you know how I could tell? He got that good grain, boy. He got that good yeah. grain. Good looking <laughs> hair, son. 
it was uh, it was Ryan Anderson from Alabama. Dude, yeah, he's yeah. hilarious. But um, wow. yeah, so DJ, that's you know, he got to go baby. see a game and oh my god, he said that's a black baby. Is, it was awesome. What is he? What is he into, Mark? What is DJ uh, into? Dude, Avengers, everything. So he loves baseball. He loves watching football. He sees me on TV. Got to go to a game and stuff. So he's um, just about to start school and all that. So we're. Uh, we're right in the middle of it, but it's um, Man, awesome. it's been such a joy and so fun, so fun. Oh, absolutely, but, um, absolutely. That's it, man. You are awesome. Thank you so much for the time, for the stories. You're the man, LT. Love watching you on TV. Love playing with you. Thank you for doing this. Absolutely, Mark. It was a pleasure, man. You're doing a good job, buddy. Talk to you another Thank time. Thank you very much. Like, share, subscribe, at uh, Mark underscore Sanchez, at Fourth and Forever, Instagram, Twitter, all that. You know where to go. Thanks again for having us, and we'll see you soon.